Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Good morning to you. How you doing? I'm Bruce Conover here at Birthed Family Church. This is Prayer School, and we're glad that you're with us this morning. Hey, go ahead and get your Bible out. Glory to God. That's our workbook. This is what uh, the Lord has given us to communicate with us. He now speaks in this dispensation through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the living word, and he is the author of this printed or published Word of God. And so let's open that up, believing that he's going to speak to us. We've been talking about praying for leaders. So let's, go, let's jump in this morning. We're going to trust the Lord, believe him for revelation. Don't you think it's more important for us to see through his eyes than to see through our own perception? And that's what the Word of God does for us. It's The Word of God is the mind of God. And so when you begin to adjusting our thinking, what the Bible calls the renewing of the mind, we begin to adjust our thinking to how God thinks, then our mind is getting washed with that life. We're being renewed, and there comes a harmony between our spirit and our mind. And that's when things get really good. <laughs> Hallelujah. You just get free. Uh, from the world's influence and you're seeing as God sees and you're being able to pray more effectually. And so that's what we're looking for. So let's trust him now for revelation. Let's choose that if we find anything in scripture that contradicts what we think, that we bow our knee to that word and say, I now abandon what I thought about that subject and I'm now taking on what you say about it. That's spiritual growth, and it'll bless us when we do it. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Oh, we're so glad that we know you. We're so glad that you opened our heart to receive you into our life. And now we are a part of you. Now we're a part of what you're doing on the earth. And we, we choose not to sit on the, be- the bench, as it were. We don't want to be an observer of what you're doing. We want to be a part of what you're doing. So today we're looking for wisdom, insight, where we can be more involved in your active functioning body on the earth. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us eyes that see. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you know, we've been on this subject matter for quite a few weeks on praying for leaders. And the Lord directed us to go in and observe what the scripture has to say in terms of what's going on in this unseen spiritual realm when we pray. Many times we get this idea of praying as just us alone communicating with God and he then figures out whether he wants to respond to your prayer or not and then he answers it and you receive it. But prayer is so much more than that. All the resources of heaven 
go into action and are mobilized when we pray to make sure that what you're trusting him for, that which you want to bring down into this earthly realm, gets accomplished. Hallelujah. That's one of the biggest reasons for Jesus at the right hand of God the Father right now. He's there to make intercession for us, to plead our case before God. And that pleading of our case before God is when we pray or when we release our faith or any time we put a demand on heaven and its resources. And so we've been looking at this unseen realm and what goes on when we pray. There's, there's just so much that happens when we pray and we're not privy to it in, in, in the seen realm, in, the, in terms of our senses perceiving what's going on, we have to go to the Bible to find out what happens. And that's what we've been doing, and that we saw that with Daniel when he prayed, that angels were released and began to working for, for him. And so then we started getting into that same subject matter about what the Bible had to say about angels. And so that's where we are this morning. We found out that angels are servants. They've been given to us to serve us. We have been given by God angels. They've been dispatched just to serve us. And it's our responsibility to put them to work. We, we saw from scripture in the 103rd Psalm that, that they hearken or listening to the voice of God's word. You see, it's their, their commission to cause the word that we believe and trust, that they're the ones that initiate and help to bring it to pass in our life and that's so wonderful to know that they are helping us now we mentioned we mentioned this and, and you have to say this when you start talking about things that are what i would coin or or refer to as being spectacular we as human beings are so sucked in uh, to things that are spectacular, that, that, that things that happen that are beyond our, our, our reasoning or things that we, don't, that we don't see very often. And so we have this tendency, humanly speaking, to be, dawn, be drawn to that which is spectacular. And we're, we seem to be hungry for that. And a lot of times that gets us off course when we are. So as we talk about these these spectacular events that take place from scripture, we shouldn't be asking God for those same things to be happening in our life. We're not to, to seek to have a relationship with an angel, to see an angel, to talk to an angel, to hear his voice. We don't have to, and we don't need to, because the Bible tells us what they're doing, and we believe it solely based upon what the word of God says. We don't need any more evidence than that. You receive Christ as your Savior, the greatest miracle that can ever take place, the most spectacular thing that could ever take place. And not once did you hear his voice in that transaction. You didn't see him. You saw nothing out here in this physical scene realm. You solely had to base what was taking place on what you saw from the Scripture. And really, that should be the way that we deal with everything that we're doing in terms with doing business with God. Now, if the spectacular comes, that's up to him. But I shouldn't desire it. I shouldn't solicit it. I shouldn't look for it. 
Leave those things up to the Lord. Amen. And let's just keep our relationship based on what he's saying to us through the word of God. That's a safe place. That is an effectual place. And really, that's what pleases God because you can't please God without faith. And faith is simply taking God at his word without anything being seen. So having said all that, let's look at some spectacular things uh, concerning angels. And it's, it's interesting, here in the last, oh, multiple weeks, maybe three weeks now, or I should say maybe four weeks, every day I read uh, my faith food devotional and also my health food devotional. And what that is, it's a daily devotional that Kenneth e. Hagen published, and it gives you a scripture for every day of the year. And then with that scripture, he teaches on that scripture. And sometimes he gives personal accounts of what happened during his relationship with that scripture. And then at the end of that description, he'll have a confession that you say to activate that scripture in your life. Now, I read both faith food and health food every day to, to, to stay being fed by the Word of God. And I have many people in our church, and even those outside our church, that have asked us to send them this daily devotional every day. And so I send it to them either by a text or by email. So after you hear these devotionals this morning, I'm going to read three of them because they pertain to angels. If you want to get these every day, either by email or by a text, then all you have to do is send me uh, via an email your phone number and, of course, your name and uh, your email address, if that's the way that you want to receive it. Just give me permission in that email uh, who you are, you want to receive it, and tell me how you want to receive it. So if you just want to receive it by the email, just say email, and since you send me the email, I now have your address, or write your phone number down at the bottom if you want it as a text. And understand that we got way too much to do around here than to take your personal information and use it and share it with others. <laughs> I wouldn't want someone doing that with my personal phone number or email, and so we're not going to do it with yours. Just send it to the initials of the church, B. F-C, our street address, 3982, at gmail.com. Tell me you want this daily devotional. You can either get just faith food, which we're going to read this morning, or health food. And every day, it won't be at the same time, but somewhere between, depending on your time zone, you'll get it sometime in the morning. Unless you're, you're in uh, India then it's going to be 12 hours different than when I send it to you. But you'll get it every day. So go ahead and do that. So let's get into this. This is uh, Faith Food uh, on August 17th, which was my, both my mom and dad's birthdays, August 17th. And the title of this Faith Food or this devotional for this day is called Guardian Angels or angels who guard us so it begins with the scripture this is matthew chapter 18 verse 10 take heed that you despise not one of these little ones 
This is Jesus speaking, and he's referring to children that he's now ministering to them. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Now, Brother Hagen begins to describe an experience that happened to him re regarding that scripture that God has given us guardian angels. Years ago, a group of us were ministering to the Lord in prayer, such as described in Acts 13, verses 1 and 2. I had just gotten off my knees and sat down on the platform by a folding chair, still praying in other tongues, when suddenly Jesus stood before me. And standing right behind Jesus, about two feet to Jesus' right, stood a three, uh, stood a large angel. So let me say that again. There stood about two feet to Jesus' right and three feet behind him, a large angel. The angel must have been eight feet tall, a big fella. Jesus talked to me about some things and everything that he said later came to pass. When he finished what he was telling me, I asked him, who is that fella talking about this uh, being behind and to the left of Jesus? And what does he represent? Jesus answered, that's your angel. I replied, my angel? Jesus said, you remember when I was on earth, I said of little children that their angel is ever before my father's face. You don't lose your angel just because you grow up. Isn't that comforting? Everywhere I go, I've got that big fella following me around. And here's our confession. According to Hebrews 1.14, angels are set forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. I am an heir of salvation. Therefore, my angel is set forth to minister for me. Awesome testimony. Now here's the next day, August 18th. Uh, the title of this devotional is Guidance by Angels. And here he's quoting the scripture from the previous day, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are they angels, not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Even as Jesus talked with me, I would glance at the angel. So he's, he's referencing that experience we heard a day before, that angel that was to the side of Jesus and behind him about three foot. So when Jesus was talking to me, I would glance at the angel. When I did, I could see that he would begin to start to say something. Jesus said, he's got a message for you. I said to Jesus, you're talking to me. Why don't you give me the message? Besides, the word says, as are many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I've got the Holy Ghost. 
why, why doesn't he talk to me? Jesus had mercy on me and was patient. He said, did you read in my word where the angel of the Lord told Philip to go down to the way unto Gaza? Wasn't that guidance? Didn't an angel give Cornelius direction? Then he gave me several more New Testament illustrations of angels giving guidance. Finally, I said, that's enough. I'll listen. The angel started by saying, I am sent from the presence of Almighty God to tell you. And then he began to give him personal information of a direction that he was to take. And then he went on to say, you'll have $4,000 in your hand by December 1st. And that will be enough money to get you going in that direction. For I have sent my angels out to cause the money to come. You see, angels are doing a lot more than we can see them doing. Now remember, we don't have to see them doing anything for them to perform. We're just believing in the word by faith and they automatically are working and we can have the assurance of that. Amen. Then Brother Hagen goes on to say that on that date, remember the angel said you'll have the money you need by December 1st. On that date, I had exactly $4,000, just as he said I would. And that was the beginning of this ministry. And as we know now, after the fact, the Lord was prompting him to put his books into published form. That's what Faith Food is, one of those books that came out of that. And then also he was uh, had a tape ministry uh, that may be, <laughs> you may not know what a tape ministry is. In today's vac vernacular or uh, in what we use today, that would be like a CD that you put in a machine that you can listen to the audio of it. And so he began that and that's when his ministry began to expand because more people were exposed to what he was ministering on. And so here's the confession of that day. I am an heir of salvation. My angel is sent forth to minister to me. Now let's look at uh, today's devotional. I wasn't going to use this because I didn't realize that that would today. This is what today's uh, devotion was going to be. But when I saw it, I go, oh, we got to include that today in the broadcast. So this is August 19th. Uh, that's today. And the scripture reference is Psalm 91, 11. For he, being God, shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. So the Bible is telling us that one responsibility of angels and those dispatched to us are to protect us. Let's look at an example of that as we read on. I once heard a pioneer Pentecostal missionary tell this experience. A neighboring tribe kidnapped a little girl from the tribe where he was a missionary. The people in her tribe knew that if they did not recover that little girl before nightfall, they would never see her again. So the missionary and a native interpreter made their way to, through the jungle 
to the kidnappers village and there they took trinkets and they bargained with the chief of the tribe for the child's return but night overtook them and because they couldn't travel at night in the jungle they were forced to stay at the kidnappers village they were sleeping on the floor of a thatched hut and they were awakened by the sound of drums the interpreter said that the drums meant that they were to be killed the chief had decided to kill them and keep both the trinkets and the girl then they heard the hostile natives coming to them the missionary and the interpreter knelt down prayed committed themselves to God and the missionary said let's not wait for them let's go out I'll go first as the missionary stepped outside with his eyes shut he waited to what seemed to be an eternity one slash of their knives could cut off his head but instead he heard moaning and groaning he looked and every native was down on their face on the ground the interpreter began to tell him what they're saying they are calling you a god they say that when you stepped outside two giants in white stepped out with you holding great swords in either hands apparently the angels that were with this missionary all the time were then made known to the natives and when they saw these giants they perceived that this missionary was hooked up <laughs> and had protection from God and therefore was saved the confession of this uh, this of today's devotional God has given his angel charge over me you see these these confessions are in the personal tense meaning that you're now not only believing what the scripture is saying but you're now activating it in your life by claiming that you have what the scripture said remember today's scripture says that angels have charge over us to keep us in all our ways well by faith even though you can't see the angels even though you have no evidence that they're there or protection has been afforded you you're claiming and believing what the Word of God says and so you say that now angels have charge over me protecting me in all my ways hallelujah and that's how we put our angels to work for them we don't have to see them working because we already have evidence from the Word of God we don't have to see him so we're just trusting it by faith we're just trusting and taking God at his word now we're gonna look at one other uh, encounter and uh, could I dare say manifestation of an angel and I've been wanting to read this testimony to you for several weeks we're finally to it so let's get into it we're gonna look at the angel that was given to Peter now remember we all have an angel and they do excel in strength apparently from some of these people that have seen angels some of them apparently can be quite large in height that is 
And uh, this is Peter's angel. And so I want you to go on over to Acts chapter 12. Let's get into the scripture and read an account of an angel. Acts chapter 12, let's begin at verse 6. And you understand that the early church experienced uh, much persecution. And some of the persecution got elevated to where they were putting the, the major spokespeople for the church, they were convicting them and putting them to death. You know the story of Stephen. He began uh, as a deacon or as a server in the ministry of helps in the early church. And yet he then was promoted and God was using him to evangelize. And God was doing great miracles through his ministry or as the Bible says, through his hands. And so they came and apprehended him, and on the spot they stoned him to death. And so Peter, you remember Peter, the one that walked on water, that real boastful uh, and uh, outspoken disciple? Uh, he was doing tremendous miracles. We already saw on the day of Pentecost with just one sermon, 3,000 people got saved. Well, that stirred up the religious leaders. Or could I say the devil stirred up the religious leaders. And so they were, they, they saw how impactful his ministry was and so they apprehended him and threw him into jail with the idea that they were going to kill him. Now look at this. So this is the night before the execution of Peter. And on the night before Herod, who was the king, the, the, the Roman king that was over Jerusalem, he was to bring Peter out for execution. And Peter was bound, this is in that prison, with two chains and was sleeping between two soldiers while at the same time sentries and that would be guards were in front of the door guarding the prison so you can see that peter was a priority and he was heavily guarded he was not only chained to the wall but he also had two guards sleeping with him in the jail i i think <laughs> the most profound thing that i read in this testimony is, is the, the fact that on the night that Peter knew he was to be executed, he was asleep. That's a man who's in trust with his God. That's a man who was in faith with his God. He knew that no matter what happened, only good could happen to him because he had a relationship with God. He's sound asleep. <laughs> Look at verse 7. Suddenly, and a lot of things that God does happens without us realizing they're about to pop. That is the case here. Suddenly, an angel, so this is one angel, came from the Lord, of the Lord, and he appeared. So he's not only a spiritual, angelic being, but now... Peter was given the ability to see him with his natural eyes. And it says that a bright light or a light shone in the cell. 
apparently this angel struck Peter on the side. Kind of reminds me of trying to wake some child up to go to school <laughs> in the morning. They're sound asleep and you, you know, it, the alarm's already gone off three times and you have to go in there and wake them up because they're in such a sound sleep. So he strikes Peter on the side and woke him up and said, quick, get up. So not only did Peter see this angel, but he also heard with his natural ears the angel speaking to him. So this is a, a supernatural occurrence that Peter's having. And when he said, quick, get up, then chains fell off his wrist. Isn't God cool? He didn't even have to use a key. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but, but all of a sudden these chains, and, and I wouldn't be surprised that back in the day that a lot of chains were just hammered on by a blacksmith and didn't even have a lock on it. They were permanent. But guess what? They just fell off his wrists. Look at verse 8. Here's what the angel says, get dressed. So apparently when he's asleep in... in <laughs> in this prison he must have had pajamas or some kind of nightwear that he was had on um, <laughs> this is so awesome so he the angel says get dressed and put on your sandals and Peter did so wrap your cloak around you he told him and follow me so maybe it's chilly out I, I don't know maybe this was maybe to disguise him as they were leaving the prison. But here's Peter fully dressed, awakened out of a deep sleep, and now he's following this angel. Verse 9, so he went out and followed. So he's just following this angel. And he did not know that what took place through the angel was real. So he either sense that maybe this was a dream how many times did you have you awakened from a dream and go wow that that, that was so real I, I and you saw yourself doing certain things well apparently that's how it was for Peter it goes on to say that he thought he was seeing a vision so he didn't realize that this was happening in real time to him personally now, after they passed the first and second guard posts, so they're just walking right out of this prison. The, the chains came off, and apparently doors are opening to them, and they go past these places that are guarded. There's probably just one doorway entering each one of these compartments, and they're just walking out. Then came the... Came they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them by itself. Again, God is so cool. Chains doesn't stop them, locks doesn't stop them, doors doesn't stop them, gates doesn't stop them. Whew, glory to God. And so they went out, sighed, and passed one street, and then immediately the angel left him. So the angel appears to him, starts telling him what to do as he follows the angel's instructions and he actually follows him personally. His deliverance 
is completed. And he's completely out of the jail. And apparently th this jail is outside the city. So now he's now at the entrance to the city. And in verse 11, it says that Peter came to himself. So I don't know if he finally woke up or if he finally got a hold of his senses and said, hey, this is real. This is actually happening right now to me when that angel disappeared. Notice what, what he says. Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from all that the Jewish people expected. So this was a real big to-do in this city. The religious leaders in cooperation with the, 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 the Romans had arrested him, imprisoned this, and they probably put announcements all over town that on this such day, which is now the day coming, that Peter was going to be executed in front of everybody. You see, the Jews were very adamant about letting the Jewish people see that there were consequences if they'd get caught up in what they called the way or in Christianity, or if they would bow their knee to Jesus Christ. So they are putting all sorts of fear into them, all sorts of pressure, all sorts of consequences, and that's how the devil works. He always endeavors to intimidate. He always intends to leverage us through fear and trying to, to tell us that if, if we do anything that, that furthers our growth and and furthers the, the shrinking of his kingdom that he's going to be coming for us. And so the angel left him. Now check this out. We go to verse 11. And he says, Peter came to himself. I know now for certain the Lord sent his angel and rescued me. And when he had realized this, verse 12. So he now knows where he is. He knows where he is in city. And he went to the house of Mary, and this would be Mary, the mother of John Mark, one of the disciples. And it says that there were many that were assembled in her house, and they were praying. Now, I, I want us to get this collation. I want you to see that these events that we're seeing happening that are so spectacular just did not happen. They came on the heels of people believing and trusting God through prayer. See, many, many good-meaning Christians have been religiously taught that God's just out there doing whatever He wants to do, whenever He wants to do, wherever He wants to do it, to whomever He wants to do it, and that can't be further from biblical truth. It's just not true. God isn't a rogue. He's not like the devil. He, he, he has to have permission. Remember, he gave us a, the freedom of choice. He's not going to violate something that he's given us. And so he's not out here. Everything you see out here is not the will of God taking place. No way, no how. You can tell when God's working because good things happen. People get saved. People get healed. People get delivered. People get protected. People get provided for. Hallelujah. People have success. 
you can see when God's will is in action. And those things happen because people have learned how to give God a place and access into their life to have his power work in their behalf. And that's exactly what we see here in Peter's life. And he's responding not only to Peter's prayer, but he's responding to the prayer of this group of believers, probably a church here in the city. So there were many that had assembled in Mary's house and were praying. So at the very time that he was set free from this prison, they were at the same time praying. That is not a quinky dinky. <laughs> Amen. It's evidence of how to, 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 to see God work in our behalf. Be a prayer. Amen. Now look at this. So here he's outside her house and apparently it has uh, a gate around it. And so he knocked on the door of the gate. Apparently it was locked up. And a servant named Rhoda came to answer. So they're in here praying. The servant hears someone's, you know, making a commotion outside, saying something. So she went out to see what it was. And it says in verse 14 that she recognized Peter's voice. So apparently she's a disciple as well. And she recognized his voice. And she... <laughs> I really love this testimony. It, it's, it's very entertaining. And because of her joy, because she was so happy, because they're in there praying for Peter, and now she hears Peter's voice outside the house while they were praying. She was so excited, she didn't open the gate. <laughs> She just kept him out there, you know, rah, 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 on the gate. And she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gateway. Verse 15. Now, look at their reaction. These are the people inside praying. You're crazy. Now, remember, they're praying not only for his protection, but for his deliverance. And now... This, this group of people praying here that this servant Rhoda heard his voice and now they're saying you're crazy. But Rhoda kept insisting that it was true. Now look at this next statement. This is awesome. Then they said, the people praying, it's his angel. Now, notice how the early church were mindful of angelic activity in their personal lives. When they heard that someone representing Peter, that's what they thought in their mind, the only person that could be would be his angel. Hallelujah. How many times have you ever had a believer reference that something that's taking place is because of an angel? See, we just don't, I don't think that we've really embraced the truth of how much they have to do with our personal lives. And again, I'm not telling you that we need to ask the Lord for us to see him or talk to him. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm telling you that there's a whole lot more going on out here when you and I pray. 
You don't have to see an angel to benefit for what they, from what they do. And we've got to be careful that we don't try and feed the outer man. We perform better in our spirit when we silence and, and tell the outer man that it doesn't need to see this, doesn't need to hear this, doesn't need to know that. Just operate out of that spirit man. So they're saying it's his angel. We read that verse where Jesus said that in heaven their angels always see the face of my father. So he goes, the story goes on in verse 16. Peter, however, kept on knocking. So here they are having an argument as to who's at the gate. <laughs> Peter. You know, because he's probably thinking, if someone sees me out here, I might get, get grabbed and thrown back into jail. So he's wanting to get out of cover. He's wanting to get into some shelter. So he's, he's still out there. Hey, guys, remember me? Hello, I'm still out here. He kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. You know, we really shouldn't be astonished when God answers our prayer. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Motioning them with his hand to be silent. So he's saying, hey, let's not wake up the neighbors. Let's not get, uh, you know, the police here or the police out here. He, he told them to be quiet and explain to them how God brought him out of the prison. And then he says... Report these things to James and the brother. James was actually the pastor of the Jerusalem church. That's Jesus' half-brother and his brothers, or and the brothers. And then Peter departed and went to a different place. So he went to another place that was secure because you understand that he's going to be a wanted man his picture is going to be all over the post offices you know if you see this man call us because well you know he's this he's that and so he had to go into hiding for a while and lay low but i wanted you to see this testimony about how angels are there to serve us you know god doesn't do things to to show off and to say hey look how powerful i am no everything he does is a fulfillment of his will and you and I are a part of his will. You and I are a part of his plan. You and I are a part of his mission. And we are the redeemed. And these things are now available to us. Jesus paid the price for them. They're already ours. And as we receive them by faith, God will do whatever it takes to get it to us. In this case, in order to get this deliverance to Peter, this supernatural experience had to take place and I'm I'm believing that when you and I get to heaven we may see some of these things I I, I, I have no, no <laughs> evidence from the Bible that this is so but I believe that there's a blockbuster in heaven and a lot of these things are recorded for us to see like Moses parting the Red Sea just all these supernatural you know Elijah calling down fire. I mean, just awesome things that, that God has done through man. And I believe that we, 
we'll be able to see this encounter. And we're going to see in our own personal life things where we knew that God intervened, but we don't know how he did it. How many times have you faced something? I told you that experience when that excavator was about to go off a, a cliff that just supernaturally, it just stopped, which just, just completely ignored gravity and stopped a heavy machine going downhill. I believe I'm going to be able to see that account over again in heaven, and I'm going to see how God did that, and I believe I'm going to see my angel holding that excavator in my behalf. Hallelujah. So, this is just a, a, another illustration this morning that when you pray, there's a lot you put into motion when you are trusting God and believing God according to the Word of God. And God will use all of His resources, whatever they may be, to be assured that you and I receive exactly what we ask for. Isn't that comforting to know? That helps me to have confidence that it's not just me. I'm not alone. I have God living inside of me, God the Holy Spirit. I've got His nature. I've got His life. I have His wisdom. I have at least one angel. Some say unangel, some say angels. I, all I know is what I have been given is enough. And they're listening for me to commission them to serve God's plan. And since I'm a part of God's plan, He's going to work that out in my life as well. And He will protect us. He will speak to us. He will do whatever what is necessary to accomplish what we're believing Him to do. Amen. Isn't that comforting? And so when we're praying for leaders, it's not just you against what the enemy's doing through that leader. Oh, no. It's all the resources of heaven that are released when you pray that is dealing with all that's behind leaders and the decisions they make. See, we, many times you and I have to take ourself out of the equation. It's like when you lay hands on someone who's sick in Jesus' name. You're not healing that person. That can't be the, that's the furthest thing from the truth. No, it's God through you. In essence, we're just like a garden hose that waters the garden. The garden hose can't take credit for watering the garden. That hose is just a conduit to allow the water to flow through it. And you know, that's all we are. When you lay hands on someone in Jesus' name, God is flowing through you to them. Hallelujah. So when we take me out of the equation and we see it's God who's doing the work, we just have to believe. Believe on us acting out what the Word tells us to do. That's when you and I will see the greatest miracles. When I get out of the way and just trust what God said as I'm acting upon it and believe that it's coming to pass. Oh, man. That's how Peter was able to sleep that night. He had prayed. He would released his faith. 
I'm going to bed. There's nothing I can do to help this situation by staying awake. I'm going to get some sleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's unhook. I'm so glad that you joined us this morning. I had fun. I trust that you did too as well. Uh, the Bible is just so cool the way it, it shows us things that can't be seen. And when we put our faith in those things, they begin operating in our life. So here, here we go. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of how much help we have when we pray. We're not alone. We're not doing things alone. Things that we're praying for, we're not the ones who have to bring them to pass. We're soliciting you and your promises. We're soliciting your help and all of your resources. And when we believe... When we pray, you're at work. You're at work. And therefore, we can be at rest. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you know, you are blessed of the Lord. You're a blessing going somewhere to happen. Be a blessing to someone today. Give somebody an encouraging word. Give somebody an attaboy. Or, hey, you can do it. Pray for them. Do something that will be another piece to the puzzle to help them to have their blessing. Amen. Well, love you. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.